Good evening, everybody, and welcome to High Spirits. It's episode 13. It's the cursed episode. It is the cursed episode. Uh, I'm Jay Stegman, and this is... Noelle Schmidt. And we are the host of High Spirits, a show that we talk about spirits, and we also drink spirits. Noelle, what are you drinking? Tonight, I am drinking, again, a Dark Horse Cabernet. Yeah. It's named after that Katy Perry song. Is it really? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, and I am actually uh, drinking zombie dust, which I love. I uh, got a big stash of that from uh, the brewery. You're a big fan of the... That's through Floyd's, right? Yeah. Yeah. Huge fan. Yeah. They're just over the bridge. Yeah, they are. They're over the Skyway over in Munster. The, yes. Or Hammond. One of the Indiana town. Sure. They're all the same, right? They have a whole state that's just the same. It's just Indiana... <laughs> but they do have a wind farm, so they have that going for them. Sure they do, yeah. So does Illinois. A terrible governor. They do. We, we, so wait, does Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> was that what you were going to say? No. <laughs> I was going to say, don't engage the trolls. I'm sorry. We had a troll on our Facebook page where they just went ahead and just straight up deleted. I saw. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, stop. If you tro- don't, listen, if you don't like something, don't listen to it. You don't have to, like, get up in someone's business about it. I think he was upset because we were being advertised on his Facebook that is yeah. free. Yeah. <laughs> that has paid So he called us bitches and whores. Yeah. And gave us the middle finger, which was fun. Okay. Anyway. Um, Thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, we, we actually need you. So, you know, thanks. I kind of like the trolls, though. I also don't know that he's wrong. I mean, I'm not. Here's what I'll say. I am not a whore. <laughs> Here's what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch, maybe. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I'm also sex positive, so I don't really think anyone's a whore, so. Yeah. That's why I'm Eat not a dick whore. With your sexist lexicon. Yeah. Enjoy sex, everybody else. Get out of my bedroom, buddy. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, this is High Spirits, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Noelle, people are afraid of the number 13. Yeah, why do you think that is? Uh, I mean, there's a reason behind it. Yeah, but legit, but I have no idea. We did not look we that up. No, we didn't look it up at all. Do you, I worked um, for a company where our office was actually on the 13th floor. We actually inhabited the 13th floor. And most buildings, there isn't one. They don't have it. Yeah. It's not a thing. I used to work at the Playboy building, and um, its address is 680 Lakeshore Drive. Uh-huh. Um, but actually, when it... They changed it to 680. It used to be 666. Really? Yep. And um, the Hefners, Christy Hefner, um, when they first moved in there, she was like, we can't be Playboy and have our address be 666. Yeah, that's... It's, you know, it's just too much. It's too much for the people. Christy Hefner, the consummate businesswoman. Did you call her Hefner? Uh, did I? Maybe. I don't know. I, I think I did, actually. <laughs> Hefner. Uh, making all those smart business choices, which is actually a very smart business. She thing. really, by the way, and I will say this, I, I kind of yelled out a little bit. Sorry, everybody listening on headphones on the train. Um, I was in an elevator with her once. Yeah. And I was honestly so blown away by her boobs. No, just kidding. Oh no. Uh, her glamour and her elegance. And she is an extraordinarily elegant person. She's not like, She's not, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a playmate model. Like I said before, I want to be as sex positive as possible, but she right. did not look like any of those women. She looked like, she looked like someone to look up to, mm-hmm. you know, like Sigourney Weaver in a uh, working girl or something like that. Right. She's just like a 
classy, besuited lady where everyone was basically like bowing down to her. And I was like, yes, Christy. She figured it out. Like she worked the system. She got to the top. She like made it happen. Like her dad's a fucking scumbag. And she found a way to make his business viable. Like, listen, I mean, like, I feel like there's another woman of note right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. Oh, Oh, that's But her dad's, like, a really really big scumbag, but she's really put together. Who is it? Yeah, it sounds so relevant to everything that's happening today. I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. And by the way, if we did figure it out, somebody would, like, troll us. Oh, bring it on, trolls. No, don't. I have to... No. Yeah, you're more in charge of the Facebook page, so you have to deal with it. Um, (laughs) But... The, uh, the amazing thing when I worked in this building was that I would get on the elevator and I ha- would hit 13 and people would look at me like I was the devil. And really? it's like, no, I just work there. That's so and interesting. Because I think they were always, or you would get on and other people would be on the elevator and they would say what floor and you'd say 13. And there were, you know, oftentimes it kind of threw them off guard because they were so not used to there being a 13th floor because it's such yeah. a common thing. Yeah. Most likes to skip it. goes right from 12 to 14. Right. Like so I, weird. yeah, I travel a lot and I see, I stay at a lot of hotels and that's the thing I look for now actually. Yes. Yeah. Is, is there a 13th floor in this hotel? I think we've gotten away with it with newer construction, but yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. If you're staying in an old building, there is not a 13th floor. It's just fascinating. Yeah. So, hey, we probably, we say things like this all the time. We should look into that and come back and tell the people. We never do. You won't. But <laughs> but you know where the internet is. Yeah, you know where the internet is. One, you can look it up your damn self. Uh, and two, <laughs> you can come over to our Facebook page uh, and post about it or insist that we do. We are High Spirits Chicago on Facebook. We're also on Twitter, High Spirits Chicago. Um and we have a Gmail account. We have a Gmail account, highspiritschicago at gmail.com. So feel free to get in touch with us. I say this after we just talked about the troll. Like, listen, honestly, if you don't like us, no big whoop. Um, just don't, like, engage. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Here's what I here's what I noticed. Like, uh, not to hunk our horns, but we're big city gals. Like, we see thousands of people a day. Like, we yeah. ride public transportation. You, If you don't want to... If you don't want to engage with someone, I mean, listen, wear your headphones. It, well, it come, it goes back to uh, what we were talking about during the bell. People like, literally talk to me and I do not respond. Yeah. So what are you doing in your little hovel in like Iowa, like writing nasty things to women you don't know? Well, then that's the thing. We talked about this during the bell witch episode. We live in an environment or in a, in a world where uh, the internet is so great and there's so many people mm-hmm. on it. And there are so many people we're let's, let's be honest. We're overpopulated. There's a person everywhere. Um, here anyway, in, in America oh. or in earth, I mean, <laughs> in Chicago, where are we talking is here there? Yeah. In Chicago, like, but in general, you can move on and you can find someone new. You can go to farmers or J date <laughs> or uh, Christian mingle or okay. Cupid, all of the dating sites, you can go to meetup.com or whatever that Shit, w- you can go to Breitbart.com and be in your, like, pl- yeah. political vacuum. You can join... You yeah. find someone exactly like you and hang out with them the rest of your life. Right. You can if you join, don't like us, just don't engage. Yeah. You can join a chat room, but there's no... Join a chat room. You can put in your AOL disc. Yeah. There's no reason. It's going to come with your latest episode of Entertainment Weekly where they break down friends. <laughs> but 
way. I don't, somehow I just started getting InStyle magazine and I'm pretty sure it was tacked on to like, uh, some, some clothing purchase that I made where oh, it was sure. like a bonus thing. And in 12 months, I'm going to have to start paying for InStyle magazine. So I got to figure out how to end that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's but, how they get you. I know. Right. I never asked for this, but my point is, is that there are opportunities to make friends on the internet and outside of the internet, through the internet, what are you doing? Everywhere. <laughs> so don't like, don't get mad at us because you can take that anger and turn it into some other positive energy. Oh, agreed. I thought you were, <laughs> I thought yeah. you were having uh, a seizure where you just said internet. <laughs> no, I was just saying the ways you can use the internet. Yeah, but it's just like such a waste of your time to sit and be like those bitches yeah. don't understand those whores. Yeah, like really. Uh. We don't care about you. You don't care about us. I know. Move on. It took like a hot second for me to be like, oh my God, that really hurts my feelings. And I was like, yeah. get it. Together segment. If it was a good friend of mine who was trolling 100. us. 100. But I, would, I don't have but, good friends that act like that. No, I would. Right. Because we're smart about how we make friends. Yeah, absolutely. And if a, <laughs> if a friend of mine did that, I'd be like, uh, not just on Facebook. I'd be like, cool, we're not friends because you're right. horrible. Defriend, unsubscribe. <laughs> IRL. <laughs> Control I'm alt delete. I'm removing you from my ICQ. Yeah. Um, is that a thing? Do I don't know what the do fuck you you're talking ICQ about. Do you think ICQ is still a thing? I don't even know what it is. It was like a chat service before. Um, it was. I mean, AOL Messenger was there, but it was like before oh. Yahoo Messenger. Well, before the Gmail. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Hey guys, uh, today for episode 13, we're going to talk about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah! I was like prepping to like get excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Noelle and I talk about, we probably even mentioned on this show, I think we have it several times. Yeah. Uh, the Warrens are like really famous in um, American, I guess like ghost studies. Paranormal studies. Paranormal. They're like the original paranormal investigators. Yeah, they're kind of like the husband wife paranormal team that kind of kicked off everything. Adam and Eve of (laughs) paranormal investigation. They kind of are. Uh, And here, here's the thing. They are very controversial, Um, and we'll get into their controversies in a second. I have to say this as full disclosure. So if you think I'm being like maybe a little nice to them, I have actually met Lorraine Warren. You know that. I do. She's a wee wee woman. She's like tiny. And you guys, now she's 89 years old. Still wearing those high neck. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's, yeah, she's amazing. So (laughs) I met her maybe like six or seven years ago. I can't remember which. And, um, we actually spent quite a deal of time together. I'll post maybe some, if I can find them, I'll post some pictures on uh, Facebook of me and uh, Lorraine Warren. And she was so impressive and mm-hmm. so classy and so interesting and did not have to spend any time with me, but we spent quite a bit of time and she actually ended up uh, flattering me. Really? She was like, Aww. she was like, you're a very deeply sensitive person and I can tell wonderful things about you. And oh, she is a Lorraine. white light medium. Yes. Let me say, let me say this about Lorraine. Um, she has looked the same age for about 
50 years. Yeah, 50 of those, yeah, <laughs> of those 89 years. Yeah. But it's a great look. I actually, when I think of, like, how women should age naturally and lay off the Botox mm-hmm. and plastic surgery, if you look at Lorraine Warren, she's a beautiful older lady. She's got this yeah. Catherine Hepburn thing. Mm-hmm. She actually reminds me of my grandma Anne. She's got, she, she's a stunning woman. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she always wears her hair back. Up. Up and back. Um, or up and, and she back. went gray. And Very never, um, so it really accentuates like her How, face. Her and, yeah. She's a very nice bone structure. She's a very beautiful woman. We're completely jocking her like crazy. I love her. I love her too. So listen, if at any, if at any time, uh, I have a lot of their criticisms listed on my, that's right. Paper. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I ever seem to be going lightly on them, just so you know, I'm at Lorraine Laura. Warren? Warren. Yeah. I almost said Lorraine Lauren. Whatever. Lorraine Warren had <laughs> Just a wonderful experience with her, so that that is my rationale. This isn't a journalism show, <laughs> so if you're looking for that, you know, I guess you could just get on our Facebook and say, uh, "Fuck off, bitches." Listen, we we play fast, uh, fast and loose with our facts. Sure. So, <laughs> you thought Anne Boleyn had six fingers? I mean, doesn't she? No. Uh, hashtag Drano poisoning. Um, make it a thing, everybody. Make it, I'm getting that started. Um, yeah, facts. So listen, uh, Noel, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Warrens, um, cause we're, we're probably going to talk about them in later episodes cause they're so, they're so famous. Um, but I'm just going to talk about like who they are and then we're just going to explore one of their projects. Okay. We're going to get to the big one. So don't get your panties in a bundle. Yeah, this is not Amityville. We're not talking about Amityville today. Who's listening? Um, but this is our kind of, we wanted to introduce you to the Warrens and kind of get you one of their hauntings. So later on when we talk about them, you have, um, your cliff notes. Do you think that, um, 20 people just turned off the app, the SoundCloud or iTunes app right now? Yeah. Also guys, we're on iTunes. Get us on iTunes. (laughs) They're like, Oh, they're not talking about Amityville. Good day. Yeah. I'll tell you, this is (laughs) fairly similar. They don't, (laughs) Yeah, they're like the beach boys. They have a whole bunch of songs, but they sound the same. All the same. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> y'all, just so you know, for context, uh, Ed Warren was born in 1926, and he passed away in 2006. Um, Lorraine Warren, who uh, uh, I know, I keep saying that, um, but the reason I'm going to say this is that she's like, was when I met her, she was still so devastated by Ed's death. She is still alive, um, but she is very, I mean, he's been dead for 10 years, and she's very... Affected by that. Yeah. Um, they, But they did, and you're probably going to get into this, they did everything they together. They did everything together. They started dating when they were 16, and they got married at 17. They were inseparable. They were inseparable. So they, she, she was kind of, uh, she actually talked a lot about it when uh, she and I met, about how mm-hmm. she really feels like a half a person. Mm-hmm. But Lorraine Warren uh, was born in 1927, still alive. Uh, just a quick thing, um, Ed, pre-Lorraine. Um, Ed claimed that his childhood home in Connecticut was haunted. Uh, he said that he would wake up in the middle of the night and hear the closet door open. He said he would see a shapeless ball that would morph into a mean woman. He called it a ghost globule. He said then that the go- the globule would come into his bedroom accompanied by audible footsteps and heavy breathing. He said at that point, the room would become icy cold. He would run panicked into his parents' room to escape this ghost. Now his father, who's a police officer would always tell him that there's a logical explanation for everything. 
Um, but Ed said that his father never came up for a logical explanation for this ghostly occurrence. And this ghostly occurrence like affected Ed and his perspective for his entire life. Right. Um, so let's talk about like Ed and Lorraine Beaton. Yeah. It's a cute story. Mm-hmm. I always love little cutesy stories. I, I know that I actually know the story and I, I love it. Yeah. Actually, it's very sweet. So Ed and Lorraine met when they were 16 years old at the Loki, eh, Loki, at the local movie theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Bridgeport, Connecticut. He was an usher and Lorraine and her mother would attend the movies every Wednesday night. Um, the two started talking and they kind of became friends. And so Ed asked her on a date. Thank you. Um, now Ed ended up joining the Navy on his 17th birthday. And so he shipped out, but, um, his four months after that, his ship sank in the North Atlantic and he was sent home. And on this shore leave, he came home to Lorraine. That was the longest they had been separated. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, let's get married. And they got married. Mm-hmm. And, um, that four months was the longest, uh, once they met, um, into their married life, that four months was the longest they had ever been apart. I'd like to think that a ghost sunk his ship in order to send him back to Lorraine. <laughs> yeah. I mean... It's the North Atlantic, so it couldn't possibly be, like, the precursor to World War Two or, like... Davy Jones' locker, locker sucked him down. <laughs> okay. Yep. I. You're right. There could be no logical explanation. There, there could be an iceberg or... No. <laughs> this is what makes... The, or a giant squid. Let's... Go, one or the other. Yep, sure. Okay. Ghost or giant squid. So, uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. Ed's... Navy ship was attacked by a giant squid and he was sent home. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, anyway, after he married... Fact. Yeah, that's a total fact. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> On AOL. <laughs> um, when, um... So, of course, after he was married to Lorraine, he had to go serve in World War II. So he was back with the Navy. Um, but he survived, which is great. Uh, and he came home and then he attended the Perry Art School for two years. Did you know that? I didn't know that. You didn't, or you did? I did not. You did not. He was a wonderful artist. I knew that he painted, but I didn't know that he actually went to art school. Art school, which was actually affiliated with Yale. Oh. Yeah. Look at that guy. Uh, He was there for two years, and he actually uh, finally said to Lorraine, um, (laughs) I don't have this on my sheet, but I was reading several places. He basically was like, they are teaching so much about theory and geometrical shapes and all this sh- he didn't say shit i'll say shit because i'm jay all this shit i just want to paint yeah like let's get out of here do you want to have some fun and she was like i do and so he <laughs> let's get out of here yeah he basically said um he convinced lorraine to relocate to a tourist town and sell his paintings to vacationers his paintings have you seen them they're great they're very nice yeah he was a wonderful painter. Yeah. And actually, um, by selling his paintings to the tourists, mm-hmm. he made a really good living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is important uh, to mention because actually this is how they got into the ghosting world. Okay. Yeah. So, um, being in the tourist town. Uh, no, painting. Okay. So, Ed, yeah, being in the tourist town and painting, whatever. Because there was stuff in the town where there, were, there well, was activity. Ed would find out that there was uh, a haunt or a place that claimed to be haunted or a location. Uh, 
By the way, at this time, he would drag Lorraine to check it out, and she was skeptical initially. She was not a believer. Right, and it was, they were in New England, right? Yep. Okay. They're like Connecticut, um, they're both from Connecticut, and then a lot of this happened in like Massachusetts, uh, New Hampshire, and maybe Vermont, like tourist towns. Okay. Um, anyway, he would always want to go to these haunted locations, and Lorraine would, would tell him there's no such thing as ghosts, but he would remind her of his haunted childhood, and she would go. She's that kind of woman. She's just like, okay, yeah, let's go. Um, and she thought, um, and she really loved him, and this was her belief and still is, because sometimes, uh, I'll, I'll tip my hat to this, later on, a lot of times people accuse uh, of being a little bit of a charlatan, um, but... Lorraine was convinced that he wanted to know the truth of these things because he wanted to see if his childhood was, if, if what was happening to these families was the same thing that happened to his family. Right. And if he, if he could help them, he would. That was her belief. I kind of, I kind of fall in line with the column A, column B belief. Like, I think that he may have experienced something as a child but I also kind of think just from watching interviews with him and um, hearing other people's accounts of working with him that there's definitely the charlatan aspect of yeah. him. He he had some sleaze. He had a lot of charisma that kind of came off as like um, a little bit unctuous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. a good way of putting it. But um, anyway, going back to the painting, they would go to these haunted places and Ed... Um, would stand across the road and paint like a really nice picture of the house, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and try to sell it to them so well, he could get wait, it. Hold on. So he would he would paint the house as is, like really beautifully, but then he would add ghosts to it. And then were they the the bedsheet ghosts? Like you know, I didn't around. see it, but probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um. <laughs> So he would then send Lorraine, who is just so charming, um, to knock on the door and offer the sketch for no money, just offer the sketch to the residents. And they would all, they would often be so charmed by her uh, personality that they would invite them in. Well, she's this little woman. Yeah. She's so sweet and small and like. Well, um, Ed, actually, I don't have this on any of my papers, but he said that every, everywhere she went, people were charmed by her Irish personality. She's feisty. She is feisty. She's very feisty, but she's also just, like, so... You just want to, like, put her in your pocket. Like, yeah. So, yeah. anyway, she she often, uh, due to her just warm quality, would get them in the door. Mm-hmm. And then once they were in the door, the residents, um, whether they had thought about it or not, whether they believed in ghosts or not, whether they wanted to keep it to themselves or not, they ended up talking to um, the Warrens one-on-one. So this is how they started yeah. their ghost investigations, and mm-hmm. this is how they kind of started, like, getting their information and getting people to talk to right. them. Later on, uh, in 1952, the Warrens found the New England Society for Psychic Research. So, this is the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. Mm-hmm. Let me repeat that again, because you'll hear it a lot. Uh, New England Society for Psychic Research. Incidentally... Um, that group, the, our very first episode, the Barini family, they Invest- were, they investigated the Barini haunting, mm-hmm. this group. Just, well, that was their group. Yeah. Huh. So. I did not put just, that together. Just an FYI. Huh. Comes full circle. It really does. Um, 
So in that time, Lorraine went from skeptical to professing that she was um, clairvoyant um, and a light trans medium. So wait, this group said this about her? Or no, just Lor- Lorraine. Lorraine decided this. Yep. Having um, ghosted or been around, let's say, haunted buildings or haunted locations, she herself, and I don't know, I don't know what causes transformation. I don't know what gives her these accolades, but she professed herself to be clairvoyant in a light trans medium. So, um, the Warrens together authored numerous books about paranormal, about the paranormal. Um, they claim to have investigated over 10,000 cases during their career. The Warrens were among the very first investigators in the Amityville haunting, um, which was extremely controversial, still remains controversial. I just read the book again this year. You did. I know. And I, I want to also borrow that from you. Yeah. Yeah. Take it home tonight. Um, I will take it home tonight. (laughs) Take it home tonight. I don't (laughs) want to. Amen. Lorraine um, also runs the Warren's Occult Museum in the back of their house in Monroe, Connecticut. The Occult Museum has like that creepy doll and all that shit. Annabelle. Fun fact about Annabelle. Is that, Which is that Raggedy Ann doll it's that a, right. is fucking horrifying. It's a Raggedy Ann doll. In the movie, they use, like, more of a porcelain doll. Yeah. Which seems scarier. Um, well, that's the whole point, is that it's horrifying, because it's got that, like, wide-eyed, yeah. like, and it's, the face is stained, and, um, you know, porcelain dolls, I don't care who you are, like, no. I, uh, come on now, just terrifying. Dolls in general. Yeah, so, I hate dolls. I'll see your uh, kiddo running around with a doll, and I'll, like, I'm just like, oh, I can't wait until she's out of this phase. Yeah, we're th- we're almost there. But but um, Annabelle was actually a Raggedy Ann doll, yeah, uh, which was very popular in the 70s. Um, and so that doll is actually encased. <laughs> it in, says do not open. Does says it actually right. says do not open? Yeah. Um, and they have the the Warren occult room or museum has uh, several items of things that they've collected from all of their investigations. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple, I, of course, and I think some of Ed's paintings are down there as well. Uh, I don't know. But it's basically, um, have you ever seen like Lorraine doing, giving a tour of it? No. Oh man. Um, there's a, there's a great uh, documentary about Amityville and, um, she took something from the Amityville house, uh, which is what kind of like why they actually go down into the occult museum. So in all of these movies, um, like the conjuring, the conjuring Two, Annabelle, you see, I've never seen them by the way. Oh, they're all great. Annabelle's kind of, eh. but I, um, I don't, you know me, I don't like them. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of them. Scary movies. We're talking about not the Warrens. Uh, uh, but in, in those movies, they, create this room, like their museum. I'm, I'm doing like air quotes when I say that where it's like well lit and it's kind of like in this beautiful home. But the reality is that, um, it's in a basement and it's oh. in the basement of their home and it's very like dated, like wood panel. Sure. Um, like the Adler planetarium. Take that Adler. Oh, come on Adler. What the heck? Get it together. Why do you seriously? Like what the fuck? Dude, so- I recently went and I seriously felt like it was like, 1963 and they're like 
someday we'll send men to the moon. Yeah. We went there last. <laughs> it's the most beautiful building in Chicago, right there on the lake. It's gorgeous. And it has I, maybe hasn't been updated since 1984. It's so disappointing. It's stupid. We went there last year for this um, blood moon exhibit Ooh. or thing that they were doing for Halloween um, where it was this whole thing late at night. They were doing this blood moon uh, thing. And then you got to like roam around the museum. And I was like, I haven't been here since I was a kid. Yeah. And we would do field trips here. And it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. And by the way, I was, yeah. Ah, uh, so disappointing. They have that like ship you can get in and go yeah. by the stars. Oh my God. I of course did it. Did you do it? Yeah, well, of course I would. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? Uh, I have to kind of slightly admit, though, when I was pretending to be a Viking guiding my ship by the stars, <laughs> I was a little bit stoked. Well, it's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, except for the fact that it sucks. Get it together. Who doesn't want to be a Viking? Right. Um, but yeah, so the... Now, I don't... Like, their home seems to be very nice, but it's an old... It, like, it's in their basement, and it's very old, and it's kind of cramped, and um, it, it it's everything's kind of on top of each other. So it's not at all as like wonderful and expanse as you want it to, to be. It's basically their basement. Sure. I've never seen it. It's their occult museum. Jesus. (laughs) Why would you keep that shit in your house? Speaking of keeping shit in your house, they lock the door. (laughs) 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 The raggedy Ann doll is behind plastic and it says, don't touch. What the fuck? Plexiglass. <laughs> I mean, problem solved. <laughs> it's just like an old, like, wood door that they have, like, just like the single lock. Jesus Christ. I feel safe. So, guys, um, yeah, so that is that is your brief history of the Warrens, which is why we're not going to talk about Amityville, because we're about uh, a half an hour into this, and we wanted to do, like, um, just a story to get you acclimated to them, and mm-hmm. then, like, a typical haunting for them. You know? Yeah. Um... So here we go. This is called the Smurl Haunting. Uh, S-M-U-R-L. Smurl Haunting. Smurl. It's a beautiful name. <laughs> I love that last name so Smurl. much. Smurl. Um, so Jack and Janet Smurl. <laughs> I'll say this too. And their four kids. I'm not going to talk about their kids. There's a lot of shit. I did a, uh, just a ton of research on this. Maybe like from like 16 different sources. I don't want to bring them into it because I kind of don't think it's um, okay. No. Sorry. I feel like a lot. Yeah, no, I was just yawning. Oh. I'm playing uh, Wars with Friends. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm getting my research up as well. Oh. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to talk about them. Uh, I know when I originally uh, just right before we started this episode, Noah asked me about the kids and it was like, you know what? I'm not really doing them because I don't want to. I was like, they're the ones with all the kids, right? I am pulling this out. I don't want to be rude. I just don't want to fall fall into another six finger. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You're, you're, you do you. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they were from um, West Pittston, Pennsylvania. Sounds like a place where Smurls would live. Yeah. Right there in West Piston. In West Piston, born and raised on the playground is where I oh had a God. demon in my house. Oh. For those of you who don't know, that was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Okay. And if you don't know, please hang up. <laughs> I thought you were going to do Hamilton. And if you don't know, now you know. Now you know. Um, listen to the time expanse on this. This is why you can tell that I already have a little bit of criticism for the Smurls. They alleged I just love their names so that a much. demon inhabited their home 
between 1974 and 1989. Nope. <laughs> There's no way you lived with a demon for 15 years. There's just not a way that happened. Honestly, the more research I've done on this, I was like, wait, what? Nice try, Smurls. Yeah. I actually uh, was reading about the hauntings and stuff uh, way before I realized that they were, like, in it to win it and their home in West Pittston. They're like, well, the Lutz family pulled it off and they only lived in that house. Three years or whatever the fuck No, they were there 28 days. 28 days. (laughs) That's right. They're like, well, if it was It's your Barinis that were there for, like, three years. The Barinis were there, yes. Yeah. But, uh, no, so the Smurls, <laughs> 1974 to 1989. I mean, an entire, like... Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, someone went from, like, being a toddler to being in high school at that time. No. I mean, Jesus Christ. I won't stand for it. No. Yeah. If this is at all true, get it together. Smurls. Smurls. Also, their house was a duplex, um, and living right next door were, uh, the parents. The Smurl, like, grandparents? Yeah. I think it was Jack's family who lived next door. Okay. So Jack and Janet Smurl lived on one side, and then on the other side of the duplex, the elder Smurls lived. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to keep saying Smurl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, so check it. Checking it. The Smurls claim that beginning in 1974... <sighs> <laughs> Their duplex home, located at 328 Chase Street in the city of West Pittston, Pennsylvania. Look it up, people. That's yep, a real there. address. <laughs> that is, go there. 555-888. Dumbasses. <laughs> Call them, too. <laughs> that number is too many digits. It's, yeah. It's, it's just, it should be uh, A-O-O-A. Dumbass. <laughs> Boob. Dumas. Yeah. Boob. <laughs> Boo. 555-888. Boo. Boo. <laughs> oh my god, we're so immature. Okay. Um, <laughs> this episode's going really well. Yeah. This episode's brought to you by Zombie Dust. What's yours? Dark Horse. Yeah. Nacho Katy Perry one. Nope. Uh, now listen. <laughs> Beginning in 1974, and these bitches did not leave until 1789. It's cool. Uh, this is what the demon did. I'm going to list this off. There's a lot. <sighs> <laughs> I can't. Caused loud noises and bad odors, threw their dog into the wall, shook their mattresses, pushed one of their daughters down a flight of stairs, had their TV burst into flames, <laughs> the water pipes leaked, which, okay, uh, demon or hardware, um, scratches appeared on the walls, toilets flushed by themselves. Um, the Smurls heard footsteps and music from unplugged radios, and empty rocking chairs would sway to the music of the unplugged radios. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a visual. Drawers, uh, uh, drawers, I'm sorry, uh, drawers would open and close by themselves. The Smurls said the house contained a ghostly pig-like creature. Hello. <gasps> that's Amityville. That is Amityville. That's, uh, Jody. Yeah, that's, uh, Jody the pig. Yep. So, um... Come on, really? They stole the pig? This was pre-Amityville, wasn't it? 74? Oh, this started in 70? I thought it was, like, the entire 15 years. Well, it's the entire 15 years. I mean, Jesus, who God only knows. But they had... I, when right. I was researching this, I was like, they had a pig, too? We had a pig, too! Because when I was reading the whole thing about Amityville earlier... Uh-huh. I was like, oh, 
that's the part that scared me the most. And I was like, but yeah. they have a pig too? Whatever. <laughs> um, this is one of those pig demons. This is kind of gross. Uh, trigger warning for anybody who's been um, sexually assaulted. Tune out maybe for a minute and a half. Um, Jack was raped. He said he was raped. Jack the father. Jack the father. By a scaly succubus. Po- posing as an old woman with a young body. Um, he Whoa. said that he raped her. Uh, she raped him repeatedly. Uh, her eyes were red and her gums were green. Which is crazy. What? And then finally, Janet said that she was uh, sexually assaulted by an incubus. But she didn't have the details that Jack did regarding his uh, sexual assault. All right. Uh, Trigger warning over. Come back. Hi. Welcome back. Sorry about that. Sorry. Um, So anyway, the Smurls were going through all sorts of fucking shit, right? Yeah. Listen to this. So that whole thing started in 1974. Guess when they called the Warrens? 1982. Did I get it right? No. Oh. Oh, higher. Higher. Sorry. uh, By the way, this is a podcast and I just pulled a Noel. Uh, Higher you gave me a thumbs up, but you really meant to go up. No, yeah. <laughs> 1986. Yes. Oh. Ding, 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 ding. too. Yeah. Um. So wait. 12 years 12? after all this shit started. And yet nothing's happening with Grandma and Grandpa Smurl. And they're, they're kind of out of the story. Fascinating. Yeah. In 1986, the, fam- the family brought in demonologist Ed and Lorraine Warren. According to Ed, uh, the demon that inhabited the Smurls' home was very powerful. Sure. Uh Um, It actually gave uh, Ed a serious case of the flu, which is also (laughs) a direct steal from Amityville. Yeah. So he was like, um, yeah, he fell very, very ill. Nothing to do with that cool cool New England air. Nope. Nope. Um, The... uh, The... Ed said that the demon shook the mirrors and the furniture uh, to try to persuade. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Ed ended up shaking mirrors and furniture uh, and playing religious music and praying to try to get the demon to leave. Of course. Um, You're going to get so mad at this sentence. Warren claimed he felt a drop in temperature and saw a dark mass form in the home. And the demon once left a message on the mirror telling him to, what do you think he told him? Go fuck yourself. The demon told him to get Oh, get out. out. Damn it. Yep. Totally missed that. Yep. Demon said, get out. Um, uh. I know, right? This is, (laughs) this is a true story of the Smurls. It just really sounds the same. Yeah. Oh. Um, anyway, so, yeah, where we left off. Uh, after months of investigation, they actually investigated this for months, the Warrens did, and in the rain. Well, the difference the difference with this is that the Lutzes were already out of the house in Amityville, um, and that's when the Warrens came in to investigate the house. Yeah, these guys were not. They were still living. <laughs> they weren't going to go anywhere. They loved their home in West Pittston. Listen, they were grounded they were comfortable. Their kids were in school. They had friends there. No, there's actually reports that all of them were extremely depressed. Like, <laughs> because the demon, obviously, like the demon was zapping their energy. Well, so they were all like sad and depressed and yeah, shitty to each other. Of course. Were they you know, deep- for a generation? Oh my god. Were they deeply religious people, the Smurls? 
as far as I can tell, it doesn't necessarily say, but considering the way they acted, I would say yes, because mm-hmm. they went to churches and demonologists before, like, I don't know, moving. Right. Um, you know, maybe they just couldn't find the right place and they really needed to, like, weigh their options. I don't know. It was the good housing market. They could just bought something and flip it. Flip it. They could have flipped it. the built-in babysitter's right next door. Yep. They could have flipped it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. After months of investigation, uh, Ed alleged that he had a number of audio tapes containing knocking and rapping caused by the, me- uh, by the demon. Where are those tapes? That is a great question for Ed Warren because this happens to him all the time. Probably in the museum. He cannot seem to get his shit straight. Oh, Ed. Uh, I'm sorry, Lorraine, if you're listening to this. I love you. But, like, um, you're a lovely woman, Lorraine. For some reason, Ed always had trouble finding all of his evidence. And he'd always say, I have all this evidence. And then they'd be like, well, where is it? In this particular case, he sent it to some TV stations and sure. hoped that they would run it. And they allegedly lost it. Yeah. And so they were like, well, tell us, tell us who it is. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to them. We'll blah. And he was like, no, you know what? Actually, it turns out I can't remember who it was. <laughs> Funny story. Yeah. There are three channels on TV right now. And <laughs> By the way, this isn't, this isn't like TV now. It's like your local affiliate. Oh, I can't remember if it's ABC, NBC. They all have C's in them. This is really a mystery. <laughs> it's really hard. I mean, I guess call ABC, and if they don't have it, call the two other ones. Jesus Christ. Um, if, you know what? I might have gone to one of those UHF stations. Yeah. <laughs> a local syndicate? It's hard to say. So the Smurls, at some point, bring in a psychic medium. Her name is Mary Alice Rinkman. Uh, she examined the house and she corroborated uh, what the Warrens found. And the Warrens um, said that there were four spirits there. Uh, so Mary Alice said that she identified one as an old woman named Abigail, which might have been the one who was sexually assaulting Jack. Yeah. Uh, there was another one, a dark mustachioed man named Patrick, who had murdered his wife and her lover and then he was hung by the mob. Okay. Whoa. Uh, hello, Patrick, and your lifestyle. <laughs> I want to know everything about Patrick. Right? I mean, it, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot to be cheated on, and then to, to, to murder the people who've done it, and then get hung, hung by your employer. That's a lot. Like, what did he do to get hung by your employer? Like, he must have sold from him. Well, maybe the lover that he killed was in the mob, too. And maybe he was, like, a higher-up in the mob. They could be. But usually if the mob... Also is... Patrick in the mob? Well, I don't know. Well, it's an Irish... It, there could be an Irish mob. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I feel like uh, cheating is not going to cause you to get um, killed by your your mafia boss. Maybe he snitched or something. He's either a snitch or he, he stole something. Yeah, I'm He's with wrestling. He sounds like a bad guy. Yeah. Mustachioed. <laughs> he had the face. <laughs> and you can't trust... Do not trust the face. He's hiding something. <laughs> yeah, he's hiding his lips. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, anyway, so this medium, um, Mary Alice Rinkman, actually could not identify the third one, even though she felt the... the she felt a presence. She couldn't identify yeah. them. And then the fourth one, she said, was a powerful demon. Oh. Yeah. Uh, a guy named Paul Kurtz 
with the uh, State University of New York at Buffalo, um, was brought in to sort of take a look at this. He was then the chairman for the Committee of the Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal. Ooh, it's a long name. Yeah. Anyway, uh, as he looked at all this stuff, he said that the Warrens were not being objective, independent, or impartial. Uh, he characterized the Smurls' claims as a hoax and a charade. Uh, the same guy, Kurtz, um, Paul Kurtz, said that the Smurls' claims were probably due to delusions, hallucinations, or brain impairment. From carbon monoxide poisoning. Maybe. Uh, but here's For the thing. For 15 years. Well, the uh, Jack Smurl actually had brain surgery. Right. In 1983. He the thing. Yeah. Um, the, he had to have surgery to remove water from his brain in 1983. So remember, this haunting happened between uh, 1974 and uh, 1989. Halfway through this, um, you know, let's say man with a affliction gets his brain operated right. on. So there might've been something to this guy, Paul Kurtz being like, maybe this is like a brain thing mm-hmm. instead of like a series of ghosts that are like right. hurting people. Um, anyway, the surgery, um, the surgery, I guess was a ramification of a, uh, bout with meningitis that Jack Smurl had had in his youth. Okay. So, I don't know. Um, the Roman Catholic Church, of course, had been brought in on this. The Diocese of Scranton um, actually went on record and said they were unsure what might be causing the disturbances. They were kind of like called to task a little bit for not doing enough. Um, because, the dioceses? Yeah. Well, listen. They were actually called in a lot between this time, 1974 and 1989, and they would put somebody over there. Um, and they never could find anything. Okay. So I was just reading a couple things. Um, St. Bonaventure University, uh, one of the professors, uh, went and spent some time there. Um, his name was Alphonsus Trabold. He said there's probably other less demonic explanations. Um, I, I don't know what this number actually means, but several priests, so that could be several, it's probably like four to 10. I don't know. Yeah. Several priests um, went in to bless the home. And while they were there, they said that they felt no harmful activity while on the property. Hmm. But they just did it anyway. Right. Uh, Janet Smurl um, claimed that a, uh, a, a priest that she personally asked uh, came over for three unsuccessful exorcisms. Um. And then in 1986, a priest from the local diocese spent two nights at the Smurl home and said nothing unusual happened during his day. Hmm. So they actually, instead of taking that as, cool, we don't have a demon here, they took it as the Catholic Church is, like, not with us. You know what I mean? Right. So instead of being like, oh, every time they come here and they bless the house, it's like, it's all cool. So instead of, like, taking solace in that, they were like, you're missing the demons. Right, right, right. Meanwhile, so. they've sent over however many people. Yep. Um, and we're clearly taking it seriously. 
They were, I think they were trying to. I which, think everyone was trying which to. Which is which I think is actually really interesting because the Catholic Church when it comes to like demon possession or exorcism or anything like that is so like they're so reluctant to get involved because they really want to remove that stigma that that they actually perform exorcisms mm-hmm. and they get involved with that kind of stuff and like you know we all know that the Catholic Church has a group of priests that do actually do that kind of stuff and are involved. Um, but, uh, I think it's really actually interesting that they sent four priests to their home. Is that right? Four? No. Um, they sent several, several. Okay. Sorry. But yeah, St. Bonaventure sent at least one named uh-huh. and then several priests came over and then Janet Smurl said th- that, uh, there was one priest who performed three unsuccessful exorcisms. And, that's, and then there was a different local priest who uh, spent the night. So they were... Clear- so it's probably at least like seven priests. Yeah, them. so that's a lot. And so they were obviously taking this very seriously. Yeah, and I'm not just... I don't want to sound like a weirdo here, but I will because I do a lot of research and we have a show called High Spirits. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Uh, and I love this shit. Uh-huh. Typically, if something's really going on, I gotta be honest with you, the people investigating are a little bit more thirsty than this. Agreeing. <laughs> These guys are like, oh, I spent two nights there and nothing happened. Well, and... Not even the toilet fight. I mean, because, you know, you heard the yeah, things. I mean... Nothing. Nothing. And they're, you know... But yet, they still trusted these people enough, and they believed them enough to continue to send people there. Yeah. And I'm sure there was certainly that part where they're like, we need... Excuse me. We need to, like, debunk this or mm-hmm. prove that it's not a real thing. But I would have to say, if there were seven priests that went out there, there's a good chance that at least one of them would have been like, I experienced something. Yep. Something happened. I would think so. Like, it, it's... It, well, especially if they're also performing exorcisms on the house. Yep. And nothing's happening. That dude that performed three exorcisms is probably like, yeah, this isn't real. Yeah, you're 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 fine. Yeah, I'm sorry that your husband had a brain injury. Right, that really sucks, and I'm sorry, but you also like screwed up your in-laws' house now too because Mm -hmm. they also basically share you know walls with you guys. Well, let's do this. Um, so this is this is how the Smurls became famous. In 1986, the Smurls told the press they were tired of the constant bombardment of reporters and TV cameras. Really? However, mm-hmm. um, it is reported that Jack Smurl um, sold his rights to... Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, and Sam Donaldson. Nope. <laughs> Sam Rather. No. Is it a newsman? No, it isn't. It's um a producer. Oh. Um it's the guy who works with Ron Howard, the DreamWorks guy who with the crazy hair. Brian Grazer? Brian Grazer. Nope. <laughs> um anyway, they, they they told everybody Stop hounding us. We're so tired of this attention. And then within a few months, the haunted, a paperback version of their story authorized by Scranton newspaper writer Robert Curran was released. Oh, interesting. Yep. It's called The Haunted, Mm -hmm. which probably sounds familiar. Yep, familiar. Uh, The book was criticized by reviewers, such as Times Leader staff writer Joseph Marusak, who wrote, quote, 
Robert Curran forsakes the principle of his trade to give readers a one-sided account of what did or didn't occur over several years in Jack and Janet Smurl's former home. Reviewer Mary Beth Gehrman wrote that the book was poorly written, adding that it is, quote, hard to conceive of a supposedly sophisticated, objective, incredible reporter like Curran taking their story seriously, given the complete lack of empirical or physical evidence to support it. Ouch. Also, in 1986, pastor of Immaculate Conception Paris in, uh, Parish in West Pittston, Pittston, sorry, it's hard for me to say for some reason. I know why it is, because I'm drinking. Um, <laughs> Reverend <laughs> Joseph uh, Adonisio said the Smurls felt that after intense prayers, things were back to normal. Weird. Yep. In 1987, though. After <laughs> 13 in, years? After 12. enormous prayers or intense prayers and enormous uh, media coverage, suddenly everything. Yeah, I think things are fine. After a book deal. Yeah, a book. Yeah. Story, suddenly everything is okay. It's okay. Although, to keep the story alive in 1987, Janet Smurl told reporters that sometimes they still heard knocking and they saw shadows. Of course they did. Just to keep it going. Um, the Smurl family moved to Wilkes Bar, um, in a one million dollar home. No. <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. I don't know anything. This is where I leave them. But the new owner of the home, Deborah Owens, uh, told reporters, in fact, she was kind of surprised by it. She did, kind of didn't know anything about it. And she said she had never encountered anything supernatural while living there. Shocking. Yeah. Um, and then the final thing about the Smurls is that in 1991, a two-hour made-for-TV movie entitled The Haunted was released by 20th Century Fox, written by Robert Curran, Jack Smurl, Janet Smurl, Ed Warren, and Lorraine Warren. Oh. This movie starred some dude I don't know. You might know him. Jeffrey DeMunn. Nope. As Jack Smurl. But we do know Sally Kirkland. Sally Kirkland. How do I know her? I don't know. She was Janet Smurl. But anyway, I'm looking at uh, Robert Curran, who wrote the book, Jack Smurl, Janet Smurl, Who Are Haunted, and Ed and Lorraine Warren actually wrote the screenplay for this made-for-TV movie. So they all kind of came out a little bit on the uh, on the green side of things. Yeah, I just... Oh, okay, I know who she is. Wasn't she in um, Back to School? She, I think so... Um, she the one who like is the teacher that does the Dylan uh, Thomas poem. Do not go gentle until that's good night. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. No worries for sure. All right, Noel, we're getting to the end of this episode, so join me back. I you know here's what bugs me about the Smurl story because I really because their name is so great. Yeah. And I just want to say Smurl over and over and over and over again. But here's what bugs me about the Smurl story. Um, I, I don't believe it. No. For a second. No. And that sucks. Because I want to. It's so cliche. I mean, everything about it is stolen from everything we've ever... Yeah. And I'm so disappointed that they weren't, like, in my mind, they're just kind of trashy people mm-hmm. who saw the Amityville... Well, I mean, they started this in 1974, so it was before... The Lutz's story started. But they also didn't come out with it until until after. 12 years later. Um, So I feel like they were people who were probably down in their luck. And they saw an opportunity 
to capitalize on it because they saw the Amityville stuff and they saw that, oh, a book was written about it. Uh, and Lorraine Warren, by the way, right. and Lorraine, you know I love you. But, like, she, they, they co-wrote this screenplay. Yeah, so you're not helping Warrens, and this is where... And it, like, it basically ta- it lifts everything from the Amityville yeah. story. It's very different. I mean, the, the pig thing is, like... Uh-huh. And so this is what's frustrating. And, like, the bad smells and, like, yeah. the... Well, and the bad smells part isn't so much of a stretch because... No, if you know, read the book... Well, I'll let you the book. They spend so much fucking time on it. It's crazy. In the, the Amityville one. Yeah. But I'm talking about, like, the swirls in general. Like Swirls, all they do is talk about bad smells. Yeah, but... And I don't think that's necessarily that big of a stretch because, like, any haunted story, people are going to talk about smells. Yeah. Um, so, hey, I was just at the Willowbrook that burned down, and when I was there, uh... All you smelled was gas. <gasps> what? <gasps> oh, what if you were having a premonition? Oh, wow. A sensory premonition. I mean, I would doubt it, but sure. What if you're, like, a sensory, um, medium? That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I want that to be true, so that is not my choice. I'm smelling gasoline. This place is going to burn down. Oh my god, Jay, that could be a thing. Ugh. Anyway, leave it to me. Um, no, but that's what bugs me about them the most is that they couldn't even be original about making up this haunted story, right? And they wasted so many. It's just a pastiche. Yeah, which is annoying. Like if you're going to claim that your place is like possessed by a demon, or you're being like haunted or harassed by a, a ghost or a demon or whatever, at least like be original. Right. You know, find some cool new things. Don't steal from the most popular ghost haunting <laughs> no. in the world. Yeah. Like, the, that is such a huge mistake. Yeah. And that's, By the same investigators. Yeah, come on, Smurls. Come on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that has been uh, your introduction to the Warrens and the Smurl haunting. We're probably going to talk about uh, the Warrens a couple more times because, as I said, they are the um, preeminent, or actually, as Noel said earlier, they are the Adam and Eve of <laughs> supernatural investigation. So they are extraordinarily well known in the ghosting world, and actually, a lot of the ghosting sort of uh, paranormal research right. uh, actually like has a lot to do with the the Warrens. So uh, you will see them wherever you go. Um, but that was just a, a quick tip of the hat to them. Um, episode 13, uh, is something that you should be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's curse. <laughs> it is curse. I've been Jay Stegman. This has been Noel Schmidt. You were listening to High Spirits. Noel. Sweet dreams. <laughs>